ఓం నమో భగవతే వాసుదేవాయ ఓం నమో భగవతే వాసుదేవాయ ఓం నమో భగవతే వాసుదేవాయ నేచర్ But in each and every instance he is conscious of Krishna, knowing that everything is the manifestation of Krishna's energy. Nothing can exist without Krishna, and Krishna is the Lord of everything. This is the basic principle of Krishna consciousness. Krishna consciousness is the development of love of Krishna. A position transcendental even to material liberation. It is the stage beyond self-realization at which the devotee becomes one with Krishna in the sense that Krishna becomes everything for the devotee and the devotee becomes full in loving Krishna an intimate relationship between the lord and the devotee then exists in that stage the living entity attains his immortality nor is the personality of godhead ever out of sight of the devotee to merge in krishna is spiritual annihilation the devotee takes no such risk it is stated in the brahma sanghita premanjana churita bhakti vilochanena ృపంగోవిందోపీయంతిగోవిందోపీయంతిగోవిందోపీయంతిగోవిందోపీయంతిగోవిందోపీయంతిగోవిందోపీయంతిగోవిందోపీయంతిగోవిందోపీయంతి
even in ancient Sanskrit literature, there were poets who glorified mundane love affairs. So, especially in the Western countries, they have this idea of love and romance and poetry, <coughs> praises, the beauty, usually the beauty of a woman, the beautiful eyes and hair and so many things like this. But the perfection of glorification of beautiful form is the description of Krishna. So here it's described in poetic language that one whose eyes are anointed with the pulp of love, in other words, whose heart is full of love for Krishna, he always sees Krishna within his heart. And actually everywhere else also. Especially it's said within the heart. Why within the heart? Well, Krishna is actually within the heart. Ishvara sarva bhutanam vidyesha arjuna tishtati. Krishna is within the heart of every living being. Krishna is also in every atom. So why is it stated that he is within the heart specifically? If he is also within every atom, then why specifically within the heart? Heart, that's, that's Ishvara Sarva Bhutanam Hriddesha Arjuna Tishriti, within the area of the heart. Within the area of the heart means, even from the, Prabhupada pointed out, that even from the scientific point of view, if doctors examine, the source of energy within the body is the heart. So that source of energy, the source of all energy is Krishna. Krishna is within the heart. But a heart, that also means not simply the organ that pumps blood. But it also, when we say the heart, that refers to the consciousness and specifically to the, uh, to the feelings and emotions, sentiments of a person. So Krishna is within our heart. That's stated also the, in the Upanishads, that the example is given of two birds in a tree. So one is tasting the fruits of the tree, and the other is simply observing. So this example is given of the jiva, who is situated within the heart, and the Supreme Lord, the Atma and Paramatma, who is watching the Atma, the jiva, taste the fruits. That means karma fall. Punya karma and pap karma. So Krishna's in, his function within the heart is that he is upadrashtanumanta cha. He is watching everything. And he's awarding the fruits of different activities to the jiva and allowing him to act in various ways. And at the same time always trying to inspire him to come to Krishna consciousness. So Krishna is within the heart of every living being, means that he is the very close friend of every person. There is one word in Sanskrit, Sukrit, Srila Prabhupada explained, that in English we have the word friend. Of course there are other words for friend also, with their words like acquaintance, buddy, mate, these are all different terms that we can use for friends. Similarly, in Sanskrit, there are different terms for friend. 
Prabhupada explained three terms, Mitra, Bandhu, and Suhrit. Mitra means well-wisher, general well-wisher. Bandhu means friend, good friend. And Suhrit means heart-to-heart friend. That word is there, Hrit means Hridai, heart-to-heart friend. So Krishna, as he states several times in Bhagavad Gita, that he is the Suhritam Sarvabhutanam. He is the very best heart-to-heart close friend of every living being. And the evidence of that is that he remains with every jiva, conditioned soul, in their sojourn throughout 84-like species. And even though they constantly reject Krishna, Krishna does not reject them. He is always ready to accept them. Even if one is offensive to Krishna, which everyone in this material world is, but even if one is closely offensive, even if he is neglectful of Krishna, if one even once turns towards Krishna, Krishna immediately accepts. All right, come on. Come, be my friend. Savadhaman Tadja. It's, you can imagine someone in the material world, a friendship is based on mutual good dealings. But if one starts, if one friend starts to act in a wrong manner towards the other, the friend comes here and says, oh, how nice to see you. Oh, how horrible to see you. Yeah. Or these dealings we see all the time. Someone says, can I borrow a thousand rupees? I'll give it to you tomorrow. And then, okay, sure. And then you never get it back. There's always some excuse, but there's never any money. So these kind of dealings, people don't want to be friends. There should be some reciprocation. So what is the position of Krishna? He's the best friend of every jiva. And from time immemorial, they're neglecting, rejecting, acting wrongly. But if a jiva shows even a slight inclination to become Krishna conscious, then Krishna is ready to help him. And if he surrenders to Krishna, Krishna forget. All right, all the bad things in the past, never mind. It's not that when he says, well, now I'd like to be your friend. And then Krishna says, well, what about all those years you rejected me? Now I'm going to punish you. So you're laughing. But in the material world, one would do that. That is normal. One wants to take revenge. Normal because... We have, uh, we're not Krishna conscious. Now we find all history is full of this. So many wars are based, apparently they're all based on envy. That is the basic principle of material existence. Everyone is envious of everybody else. And if someone insults someone else, then they'll never forget. And they want to get revenge. We've seen even in great souls in Mahabharata, Dronacharya and Drupad. Drupad, he insulted Drona and he did. He never forgot. He never forgot. Therefore, he he took revenge, and then again, Drupada wanted to take revenge to the extent of killing. This is the way material existence is going on. But Krishna is so kind that even if we reject him, which we are all doing, that's why we're in the material world. Krishna bahi mukhaya bhogavan sakare nikatastha mayatare japatiya dhare. 
the beginning of our entanglement in this material world is because we have become inimical towards Krishna. But Krishna, he craves that relationship of love with every living being. Love is the essence of Krishna's existence. When we say love, generally people think of that as a very sentimental term. Especially in the modern age, love has become acquainted with some kind of, with lusty feelings, especially with lusty feelings. But love, Krishna, he is known as Prem Purushottam. He is the supreme person, but he's more interested in loving than dominating. That is the special feature of Krishna as opposed to the, not exactly opposed to, but are in comparison with the Narayana forms. Narayana, the Vishnu forms, they are also full of love. There are many devotees of Lakshmi Narayana, Lakshmi Nrishingha, and Ram, Sita Ram, who have a relationship of love. But especially Krishna this form of God, he especially, he reciprocates love more intimately without any question or without any over-dominating feelings of awe and reverence. So much so that, especially in Vrindavan, the inhabitants of Vrindavan, even if sometimes they think that Krishna is the Supreme Lord, they see how powerful he is, but they think, Oh, he's so powerful. Oh, look, Krishna's going to play. Let's go and run with him. They, they're not overawed by Krishna's opulence and majesty, but they're simply relishing serving him or sometimes scolding him, his friends, his parents, his lovers. They may scold him also because they have such a close relationship of love. This uh, Mr. Surya Narayan, I think maybe he should be given a seat to sit on. He's walking with a stick and he can't sit very well. Please, this gentleman, he's really pleased with me. Despite being so much powerful, he is more interested in loving than dominating. It's more important to him. Domination that is natural for him because he is the supreme controller and master of everything. But even more natural for him is to have a loving relationship with everybody. Now it's not that when we say Krishna craves a loving relationship with every living being, it's not that he's feeling incomplete. He is Prem Purushottam, he is Purna Purushottam, he is complete in himself. He is Atmarama and Aptakama. These two words we'll find in the Bhagavatam. Atmarama means he's, he takes pleasure in his own self. And Aptakama means all his desires are fulfilled. Krishna has so many intimate devotees whose level of devotion we can only aspire to follow in the footsteps of. Mother Yashoda, Nanda Maharaj, the Gopis, the Gopas, Sridam, Sudam, Dam, Vasudam, all the cowherd boys. 
So they are such wonderful devotees that we can hardly aspire to come to such a level. And Krishna is fully satisfied by the loving exchanges of such devotees. Then we may think, why does, why should Krishna bother with us? Why should he want to have a loving relationship with us? Why does he bother speaking Bhagavad Gita to us? No, we rebelled from Krishna, we rebelled against Krishna, so why doesn't he just let us rot in this material world? Well, he does, he gives us the opportunity to rot in this material world. But he also wants to re-establish that loving relationship with us. Not that he's, in, he's complete and full, but because he has infinite capacity to to reciprocate with all living beings. Even though he's full and complete and perfect, he still he wants to see that every living being that is my part and parcel is relating to me in relationship with love. Even though his love is unlimitedly expanded, still he wants to expand it more. So he's fully satisfied, yet still he is not very satisfied to see all of us bereft of a relationship with him. So how is it possible? We can say in the same sentence, he's fully satisfied in himself and with his devotees, but yet he's dissatisfied. Both things are possible. All contradictions are possible in the supreme absolute truth. He doesn't lose anything if we don't surrender to him. He's not, he's not bereft of anything. But at the same time, he would prefer to see that we who are his parts and parcels don't waste and spoil our existence, forgetting him. Therefore, Krishna comes and speaks Bhagavad Gita and gives the process of devotional service by which the conditioned souls can gradually develop to the level of pure love of God. Krishna has given this very wonderful process for reawakening the love of Him that is the natural propensity of every living being. Every one of us, and not only in the human body, but every living being we see, has the natural propensity to love Krishna. But at the present time, that is covered by gross ignorance of identifying with the body of thinking I can be happy in this material world and of forgetting Krishna. We're discussing Krishna and the whole big Twin Cities is going on all around us and beyond the Twin Cities the the whole of Andhra and the whole of India and the whole of the world and the whole of the universe. And how many people are discussing about Krishna? Actually many people are discussing about Krishna. Young Brahma, Varananda, Rudra, Marita, still many people The demigods, they're praising Krishna. But we see in this world that people are more interested in... What are most people doing at this time on Sunday night? Watching TV, probably? Quite likely. Watching some movie or... They're not awakening their Krishna consciousness. They've lost that. So it may seem that Krishna, well... How is it that everybody has a relationship with Krishna? Doesn't it seems that only a few people in this world are interested? 
that is the misfortune of those who are not interested in Krishna. But from Shastra we understand that everybody does have a relationship with Krishna. It's not just something that someone invented or concocted or made up. Some people say like that. That there's no such person as Krishna. What is all this believing in God? But if there's no such person as Krishna, then how is there so much talk of Krishna, writing about Krishna, propagation of the names of Krishna, going on for so many hundreds and thousands of years. If it was simply a big illusion, then how come the big learned Acharyas have dedicated their lives? And we see the Acharyas, Ramanuja Acharya, Madhva Acharya, Nallava Acharya, Jeev Goswami, and so many acharyas. Jeev Goswami, I'm saying, he's the uh, most profuse of the early writers in the line of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And in Madhva line, so many big, big scholars, Jnana Sindhu, very famous, and then Sri Vaishnav line, so many also, Vedanta Deshika, especially, and uh, Loka Pillai, what is it? Loka Pillai. Two different branches, and apparently opposed to each other, but their aim is, both the aim of both is to serve the Supreme Lord, Bhagavan Vishnu. But these are not foolish people. They're very intelligent people. Their writings show this. Their grasp of philosophical principles is... Uh, actually, nowadays, people, they don't even understand these things. They have no, no depth of understanding. People are so foolish. They think if they can answer a few questions on TV in a quiz contest, this is, uh, this is very intelligent. But uh, how deep the intelligence of people were in, in previous ages, the kings, they were, they would award, they would have competitions, not this, uh, you know, who won the cricket test series in 1972 or stupid questions like this. I don't know what, I don't know what kind of questions they have, but I would presume. But they would have competitions between the pundits who can establish the proper philosophy, who can establish this Siddhant, Siddhanta, and they would reward them. So it was a great culture of scholarship. So all these great scholars, they all recognized Krishna is supreme. Even Shankaracharya, who, I believe that's in Madhva line, they, they have some mantra while they're urinating. They say, now we are urinating on the Mayavadis. They're fit to be urinated on. But even Shankaracharya, he also accepts. Sabhagavan Swayam Krishna Narayano Narayana Prabhyatat Bhajagovindam 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 Muramatam. Even he accepts. So, this worship of Krishna, it's not some fantasy or phantasmagoria. It's going on, and it will go on. And when you're Amitabh Bachchan, and you're 
Kapil Dave cricketer and your Sri Devi actress and all these, when all they're long forgotten, when no one even thinks of their name, still there will be so many people worshipping Krishna. Because this is reality. These, uh, so these popular people, they come up and they go down again. And they're forgotten. And Krishna, intelligent people are worshipping Krishna. And the foolish people, they find some other fool and they put on a big pedestal. This is our hero or heroine. So Krishna consciousness, that is meant for most intelligent people who are interested in understanding what is the purpose of life. What are we actually looking for? Actually, everyone is looking for Krishna. You're watching TV, why is that? You want to get some happiness. But what is the real meaning of happiness? It means to understand Krishna. Whatever we're doing, we're looking for, we want to get a good job, why? Whatever we say, whatever we do, the, the, the answer is that ultimately we're looking for happiness. But we don't know where to look, we don't know where to find that happiness. Real happiness means to find Krishna. And as long as we don't find our relationship with Krishna, then whatever else we do, we'll never be satisfied. Maya is Bahurupini. She has many, many, many forms. And even when we think we have exhausted all the fun, now I have conquered Maya. Then again Maya will come in another way. She has so many ways to come. As long as we are not thinking how to serve Krishna, how to surrender to Krishna, how to re-establish our love for Krishna, that is the actual platform of happiness, then we will be befooled by Maya and caught in material existence. So here Krishna is speaking words of love for his devotees. This is within the chapter that describes the endeavors of the yogis to control the mind and senses by a very difficult process which has got nothing to do with the process of bhakti which is an exchange of love with Krishna. The, the yoga process is more or less a mechanical process. But it is good for foolish people who believe in, who have faith in such things because the yoga system ultimately teaches to focus the mind on the Vishnu form. It doesn't teach to love Vishnu because the hearts of the yogis are bereft of a conception of love. They simply want, simply want to be very rigid. But the very nature of Lord Vishnu is that he is full of love. So if the yogis, if they are fortunate enough to have any trace of love for the Supreme Lord manifest in their hearts, and when they start to see the Vishnu form, they will become attracted and want to develop their relationship of love with him. Unfortunately, because of their wrong training and wrong attitude, even those yogis who are successful in seeing the form of Vishnu within their heart, generally don't develop an attitude of love towards him. They may develop an attitude of respect, or they may develop an attitude of, oh, now I am seeing myself, I am God, which means they have fallen, they again fall down. But 
here Krishna is not referring so much to the yogi who by his meditation the Supreme Lord rewards him with a vision of himself. But he's referring to the devotees who always see Krishna. How do they see Krishna? By an attitude of love. And that love, uh, that, like I say, it's not this sentimental, superficial love of the material world, but it is that love by which one cannot forget Krishna at every moment. And for such a person, Krishna can never forget him either. Krishna never forgets anyone at any moment. Just as we are enjoined to be Krishna conscious, Krishna himself is conscious of every jiva in existence. That is not possible for us. But because Krishna is unlimited, he is able to be conscious of the hopes, aspirations and activities of every jiva in existence. So that is not possible for us, nor is it advised for us to even try for such a thing, to be conscious of all other living beings. But we should be conscious of Krishna, who is that one person who is the center of everything and who is the object of love for everybody. Sometimes, not sometimes, that's always that in this material world, Naturally, that, that saying is that birds of a feather flock together. Different kinds of people, they're attracted to other certain kinds of people. And we have marriage matching, astrological matching to see if this boy will be suitable for this girl because different kinds of people mix up with other kinds of people. People have different natures. But Krishna, he relates well to every person. Krishna is not limited in his ability to relate to all different kinds of people. He's unlimited. So every one of us, whatever nature we may have, of course at the present time our original constitutional nature of loving service to Krishna is covered over by uh, the perverted nature of wanting to enjoy this material world. But our inherent nature is one of having service to Krishna. And that can be revived by the process of bhakti-yoga. Even though we are so far away at the present time, we are so much covered over. But Krishna has given this process by which if we begin with a little faith in Krishna, we will naturally want to associate with devotees of Krishna. And by seeing the devotees of Krishna, how they are very nicely engaged in serving Krishna, then we think, well, I'd like to be like that too. And so we take directions from devotees on how to chant the names of Krishna, how to follow the principles of Krishna consciousness. And then when we take up the principles of Krishna consciousness seriously, we find it has its effect. The first effect is the first effect of following the principles of sadhana bhakti seriously is that unwanted things start to diminish. Immediately if one takes up Krishna conscious seriously, if anyone has any bad habits such as meat eating, 
gambling, illicit sex, intoxication, watching TV, reading newspapers and so many useless things for wasting time, he'll immediately give those up. And more subtle contaminations such as desires for material enjoyment, hearts are, dimin are diminished and one gains a taste for serving Krishna. He likes to chant Hare Krishna, likes to study Srimad Bhagavatam, likes to associate with devotees, likes to uh, perform various services to Krishna, his devotees. He has a taste and as that taste in his heart increases, then his faith in Krishna consciousness becomes very strong. And he becomes attached, deeply attached to serving Krishna. And when one is attached to serving Krishna, then naturally his loving feelings for Krishna manifest within the heart. And the, the manifestation of loving feelings within the heart, that is the prior stage to developing pure love for Krishna. So we see how starting from the stage of just having some initial faith in Krishna consciousness, if one associates with devotees and follows the principles of sadhana bhakti, this process given by Krishna, then we will gradually, by following the process, then gradually one develops love for Krishna by which he sees Krishna everywhere and everything in Krishna and cannot but see everything in a relationship with Krishna. When one, when a Krishna conscious person sees a tree, he thinks, this is Krishna's tree, this is Krishna's energy. Whatever he sees, he sees in relationship with Krishna. By studying Bhagavad Gita, he understands how everything in this material world is going on working due to a combination of the three modes of material nature which is going on under the direction of Krishna and he sees how everyone is acting under these modes because they are not Krishna conscious. He sees Krishna's hand in everything and he sees everything in relationship with Krishna. So that is the perfectional stage of a devotee by which he also always sees Krishna. Of course, seeing Krishna, that is not all in all. We may think, well, the perfection of life is to see Krishna, but actually it's not. The perfection of life is to serve Krishna with full love and devotion. And if one does that, then he will naturally see Krishna. Many times people ask us, have you seen Krishna? But that's not really the right question. The real question is, have you served Krishna? Everyone is seen. Some recognize and some don't. Or people say, I saw Krishna in a dream. I went to Vrindavan and I had a vision of Krishna. So that may be very nice, but more important is to serve Krishna. Otherwise so many people are seen. But they see but they don't like to serve. Even so many great Asuras, Kangs, Jarasandha, Duryodhana, Shakuni, they saw Krishna, 
but they had no attitude of loving service towards Krishna. So, one who likes to serve Krishna, then he will certainly see Krishna in a manner that is conducive for developing his love for Krishna. Otherwise, even the demons are seeing Krishna. But their attitude is not one of loving Krishna. Therefore, they don't get the real benefit that is had by devotees who simply want to serve Krishna. So these are some more subtle points of understanding that we should try to think how to serve Krishna. Our Param Guru Srila Bhakti Thakur used to say, don't try to see God. It's an unusual instruction. You think an atheist will give such an instruction. Don't try to see God. But he said, but act in such a way that God will be pleased to see you. There is some famous is some famous poetess who sings songs. I don't know, it's originally composed in Hindi, but I know the Bengali version. That, esho, Esho, Giridhari. Come here, come here, Giridhari. But actually a pure devotee doesn't say, you come here and I will see you and I will be happy. They never say. Rather they're thinking how to serve Giridhari. Along with Radha, not that you come here, leave Radha behind and I will enjoy it. Separate. No. Prabhupada pointed out the six Goswamis of Vrindavan, that prayer is there describing them, that Where are you? They're not saying, now I have seen you. You just stand there and I will look at you. Come here. Let me look at you. No. They're always searching. How can I find out Krishna? To serve Krishna. This is the proper attitude of a devotee. All these points are very subtle. To understand fully what is the proper understanding of Krishna consciousness, it requires very proper guidance. Otherwise, if we're putting so much emphasis on even Krishna here saying that those who see me, but how to see Krishna, the devotees, they will guide us how to see Krishna. Otherwise, if we see Krishna with the wrong attitude, then that will not be actually very favorable for our advancement in devotional service, nor very pleasing to Krishna. So many people are going to see in Tirumala, they're going to see Balaji, Srinivas, Govinda, Govinda. So they're devotees. They have faith in Srinivas. Otherwise, why should they go? So they're devotees. But mostly they're all going. They're thinking, how I will be benefited by going. And even they're thinking to do some service. But they're thinking, by my service, I will get more service from him. So it's not a proper devotional attitude. We can say that it's a beginning stage, but it's not a pure devotional attitude. 
That's why we have, if we are actually to be devotees, we have to be trained and guided by those who are in the pure devotional line. Bhaktinot Thakur, one of our great acharyas, has described there are two kinds of faith in God. One is lokik, lokik shanta. The people, they have some general idea of who is God and therefore they worship Him. It may be because they saw something on TV or they heard some lecture or because in their family it's going on. And often it's mixed up with all different wrong ideas. But then, okay, Krishna is God, but there are also so many other gods. They may have so many wrong ideas. But the actual platform on which one can clearly understand Krishna and see him in proper perspective is when one has Shastriya Shranta, faith that is based on knowledge on Shastra that is received in a bona fide parampara. There is a difference. It's not all the same. And therefore, we have great acharyas in human society who guide, who give the proper concept of understanding who is Krishna so that we can develop our love for Krishna and see Krishna everywhere and even above and beyond seeing Krishna to develop our mood of fully surrendered service attitude for Krishna. Hare Krishna. Is there any question about this? Did everyone hear what was said? The, some of the attitudes here, are, they're not fully devotional. They're somewhat materialistically influenced. If you wanted to take that further, you can also say that Nishingadeva allowed Prahlad to be tortured so much. So he also, he also, he was behind schedule. <laughs> then you should go to the uh, Prishnigava form of the Lord, who as soon as Gajendra made his prayers, he came. Then he should be better. But these are all materialistic ways of judging. Just like people say, Ram is very moral, Krishna isn't moral, therefore Ram is better. These are all materialistic ways of judging. Scriptural evidence, but then uh, that's what I'm saying. 
that's what I'm saying, scriptural evidence, of course it's scriptural evidence that Krishna took 14 years or, or Ram took 14 years and Rishingadev took less time, but you're quoting scripture, but do you have the full realization of that? The atheists are also quoting. Devil is also quoting scripture. So that's what I'm saying, to have the fully devotional attitude. Fully devotional attitude, one doesn't praise one avatar by uh, condemning or minimizing another. That in the material world, if you want to praise someone, you may do so by minimizing the position of another. But rather, one will understand the, the mood of all the... If you say that Ram took 14 years, that makes it sound as if he's incapable. Actually, he killed a... There was no need for Ravana to kidnap Sita in, in the first place. Ram is... He knows everything. He's, he knows what's going on. But it's all for the sake of Leela. This, this understanding of Leela is very subtle. Why the Lord is allowing so many bad things to happen? Why the, the Pandavas were put into so many difficulties when they were, when they were devotees of the Lord? So everything has to be... That's why everything has to be understood. One interesting statement Prabhupada writes in the Bhagavatam commentary is that Krishna consciousness means to see the universe from Krishna's point of view. So we may be studying the Srimad Bhagavatam, but if we read it from our materialistically influenced point of view, then we're going to misunderstand. Therefore, we have to understand from all the Acharyas. And Acharya means those who are in bona fide Sampradaya. And even you'll find some popular strains of Bhakti, which are very widely spread, but they're also tinged by materialistic outlook, just like you're saying Ram Charit Manas. But that's also our Acharyas have not accepted that as a fully devotional work. There are tinges of Mayavada and caste consciousness also. That uh, condemning Shudras and all this. So what actually is pure devotion? That has to be understood very clearly. And even there may be bona fide sampradayas. But it's not that everyone who comes in a bona fide sampradaya is himself bona fide. That mean, may mean that your guru is bona fide, but does not necessarily make you bona fide. Because if you say something which is not according to the proper parampara system, then it's bogus. Param, that's Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita that evang parampara praptamimang rajasriyovidu sakalinayamata yoga nashtaparantapa. The, the knowledge of the science of yoga, this means particularly bhakti yoga, this comes down by parampara system, but it becomes broken, it becomes lost. That means that someone, at some point, who's in a bona fide sampradaya, says the wrong thing. Or they may, in one generation, they may say 1% wrong, and then the next generation it becomes 2%, and then in the course of time it's all lost. So that's why when we approach a guru, the first qualification we have to see, Shotriyam, has he, is he, Shotriyam, begin. So one has to be very careful who he hears from, and actually it's the mercy of the Lord if, by which one can discriminate and understand what is bona fide and what isn't. It's only by the mercy of the Lord. It depends on our sincerity. Otherwise we may be misled. It's the same thing in Ariskan also. It's not that everyone who is a disciple of Prabhupada is is uh, speaking the absolute truth as Prabhupada spoken. They may say, they may quote Prabhupada. 
There are so many instances. Some years ago, someone I was saying to one devotee that, why are you getting up at 8 o'clock every morning? Prabhupada said to get up at 4 o'clock. He said, well, Prabhupada said that his father was a pure devotee and he used to rise a little late every day. So if his father is a pure devotee, he rose late, so I can also rise late. So he's only quoting from what Prabhupada said. But what is his interpretation? Prabhupada quoting an exception, he takes it as the rule. Whereas Prabhupada said, my father, who was a pure devotee, used to rise a little late. But he gave the instruction to his disciples that you should rise early. But he's taking an exception to be a rule. And not that he's a pure devotee, not that, oh, Prabhupada's father used to rise a little late, therefore I should do, then I'll be a pure devotee. So this is malinterpretation for the sake of sense gratification. It means you're actually not sincere. And all the religious systems become spoiled like this. Christianity, originally, Jesus, all scholarly research points to the fact that Jesus was a vegetarian, didn't drink alcohol, and promoted knowledge of reincarnation. But that's all been edited out of the Bible because certain Christians at certain point in time thought, well, we don't like that. So let's just change a few words here and there. make Christianity. Sometimes we hear that said in Christian consciousness also, that we, you know, we, to make it more popular we should just change a few things here and there. So Christianity became very popular. But it's actually not Christianity, because it's not what Christ said. It's not what is there, maybe what Christ said, but it's devoid of, it's reinterpreted. So the essence has changed. So it's uh, posing as what Christ said, but it's not actually in total what he said. That's why you have to be very careful to follow the parampara. Even you see, I was quoting this, Esho, Esho, Giridhari, come here, Giridhari. Everyone's saying, what a great devotee. It seems like that, isn't it? If you're always calling out, Giridhari, come to me, but our Acharyas have pointed out, this is not the devotional mood that you call, come and you come, you come to me. No. We should be thinking how to serve the devotees of the devotees, not of Krishna, not that God will come and I will enjoy with him. That's not the proper devotional attitude. Therefore, we have to learn the proper devotional attitude. Mood. We see Prabhupada was always very practical Acharya, he was always emphasizing devotees they follow sadhana very properly and serve Krishna. What is your service? Do service. Not of course Prabhupada was always speaking philosophy, but he wasn't simply a it wasn't simply theoretical, very practical also. There's so many examples. One time. Prabhupada used to go for a walk every morning from the Krishna Balaram temple when he was staying in Vrindavan and one of his disciples used to stand at the gate waiting for, to come, for Prabhupada to come and he would recite so many shlokas when Prabhupada was going out. At one time Prabhupada was going out, he said, look, there's all this water spilled here, why don't you sweep it up, do something practical. And the body was saying, well, I'm chanting shlokas, do something practical. You see, you're standing there with all the water flooding everywhere and you're chanting shlokas, shlokas are for praise of the Lord. In the meantime, the whole place is becoming messed up. 
Why don't you see them? Yo ma'am pashati sarvat, seeing me everywhere. Oh, I'm seeing Krishna everywhere. Meanwhile, the whole temple is filthy, dirty, full of cobwebs, and you know, the phone bill isn't paid, the electricity bill isn't paid, but I simply love Krishna. <laughs> love means do something practical, clean up, keep everything clean, manage Krishna's affairs very properly. Prabhupada used to say, Krishna is in the details. How to find Krishna? How to see Krishna? What are all the details of our devotional service? Sevan Mukhe Hijivado Swayamevaspuratiyata. One who has a service attitude to Krishna, Krishna reveals himself to such a devotee. Otherwise, that I'm, I'm a Nushinga Rupasak, I'm better than you. It's a materialistic outlook, actually, to think like that. No, I didn't say it to you. I didn't say it about you. I'm saying it. I'm saying if anyone thinks like if anyone thinks like that, oh, I'm worshiping Ram. Ram is better than Krishna. Therefore, I am better than the Krishna devotees. It's the same ahanka in a different form. That's all. Rather, we see Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Of course, he was promoting Krishna bhakti, but he very much appreciated. You'll find in. Chaitanya Charitamrita, how much he appreciated devotees who, are, who had pure love for Lord Ram. He had great appreciation of that. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself, every, he was living in Puri for 18 years. Every day he would enter the temple, going right through the gate, at which at the side there is the temple of Lord Nrsimha. And every day before going to see Jagannath, his, his thought was for Jagannath. He was seeing Jagannath, we see the form, we might say an unusual form, but he was seeing Dribuj Murlida, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was seeing Jagannath like that. But before he entered, first he would offer his prayers to Nrsinga Dev, the same prayer that we're singing daily here. Namaste Narasinghaya Prahalada Lada Daini, Hiranyakashibo Vaksha, Shila Tanka Nakale, Ito Nrsingo, Parato Nrsingo, Yato Yato Yami, Tato Nrsingo, same thing. Krishna says, one who sees me everywhere. So, wherever I go, Ito Nushinga is here. Ito Nushinga Parato in the other place. He's also there. Yato Yato Yami, Tato Nushinga. Wherever I go, there is Nushinga. Bahiya Nushinga, Hridaya Nushinga. Nushinga is outside. He's in my heart also. Therefore, Nushinga Mahadim Sharanam Prabhupada Yaya. 